running. Are you out there, you? Why can't I see that? Yes, we've never had a real life diva. Don't give up. Warning. Says, who does he think he is? I have some dirt. Will you confirm or deny? Maybe you should have finished Warning. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, let, let's focus. From reality TV to real life, it's all just so dramatic with Megan Pacetto. What up, Drama Army? Welcome to So Dramatic. I have got a bonus episode for you guys today because there was just so much Love Island tea that was dying to be spilt by yours truly. The kettle was literally overflowing this week, so I put it into its own episode just for convenience sake. Coming up today on this bonus episode, oh crap, Grant Crap's brother is joining Love Island Australia. Turns out Love Island might be more scripted than we initially thought. I've compiled some evidence for, and the case is strong. Love Island's Rachel Everin has gone rogue on TikTok and dropped some huge truth bombs about the show. More explosive claims about Ari Kumar, including her lavish overseas holidays and secret OnlyFans account. Another woman, a former Big Brother star, has come forward and claimed serial DM pest Mitch Hibbard also slid into her DMs. Speaking of coming forward, multiple women have come forward and made some serious allegations about one of the Love Island Casaramore intruders, Sadi Sub-Laban. Plus, lots more. So much drama, so little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some dirt. So juicy. Spotted Love Island's Grant Crap revealing that his younger brother Brent will be joining the dating show this season as a Casa Amor bomb. Oh crap. The Love Island 2018 winner wrote on his Instagram stories, the brother is about to carve up Love Island Australia. Good luck, Brent Crap. Then he wrote, sheesh boy, looking lean, fire emoji, fire emoji. Then another slide he wrote, not being biased, but he's the best looking lad on the show, hands down. (laughs) Calm down, Grant. Like, it's a bit weird that he thinks his brother's hot, but we digress. Then he said, wait until you see Brent create madness. Only blonde hair, blue eyes on the show, brackets boy. Whatever the hell that means. So Brent was teased along with a number of other upcoming Casaramore singles in a brand new trailer released by Nine last week, including Benny Giobi, who is the best friend of season two contestant Matt Zikowski, who we revealed would be joining the show last episode. Brent's upcoming Love Island debut comes just three years after Grant took out the top prize with then-partner Taylor Demir. So to recap quickly, for those who may have forgotten, because it has been a hot minute, the pair won $50,000 in prize money and then sensationally split just 12 days after the finale. At the time, there was rumours swelling that Grant had a secret girlfriend back home during the show. I mean, (laughs) he was the original Bryce, let's be honest. And the rumours also said that he signed up only to boost his profile. Then, not long after that, he went public with the secret girlfriend Lucy Cartwright and in April this year, they welcomed a baby daughter named Charlie. Fingers crossed his brother Brent does not pull the same crappy behaviour during his stint on the show. However, it is not looking promising because one drama army member who knows Brent outside of the show told So Dramatic this week, I ran in the same circles as him in high school and he's the worst. He was definitely the classic misogynistic white guy, LOL. My friends seem to like him though, so I don't know. Maybe he has some good sides, I just didn't see them. 
Savage. Watch this space to see if we get to see those good sides on the show. XOXO. It is meant to be one of the less scripted reality shows with a shorter turnover time for editing, i.e. less chances to manipulate the truth and chop the audio and scenes up like sashimi. However, one friend of a contestant claims that Love Island is in fact heavily scripted. They explain to So Dramatic, a lot of what you see is heavily scripted in order to make a day interesting. So for example, Rachel hooking up with that guy, day one storyline, Taku, Jess, Aaron, love triangle, day two storyline, etc., etc. A lot is left on the cutting room floor and they only choose to focus on one main storyline of the day when there are in fact multiple things going on at once. Interesting. Oh my God, oh my God. Rachel Everin was sadly booted from the Love Island Villa on Monday. Keyword, sadly. I think they must have left the taps in the villa running because the waterworks were flowing more than Niagara Falls. Honestly, it was like one of the most dramatic and emotional moments in Australian TV history. Someone give these people a gold logie for their acting skills. Move over, Grant Denya. I have not seen that many tears on TV since Vinny died on Home and Away. I haven't seen that many grown men cry since South Sydney lost the grand final a few weeks ago. Now, when I watched this, I was like, this is so rigged because Courtney should have left, but then suddenly they changed the rules and conveniently boot Rachel. One source revealed to So Dramatic that it's not the only thing on the show that is rigged. They claim that contestants are told what to do and when. So Rachel was promoted on the show as like the hot dog, the Harry Potter fanatic, the nerd, blah, blah, blah. However, one source who knows Rachel said that this is not the case at all. They said, some of the shit they made Rachel do was so fake. She's absolutely not like that at all. They made her seem like a dumb dork. They made her do dumb ditzy shit to fit their characters. She's literally nothing like that laughing my ass off. Then Rachel herself even confirmed this tea that the show is rigged. The reality star went rogue on TikTok shortly after her eviction and spilled some piping hot tea about her time on the show. Literally, it was the first thing she must have done when she left the villa. Jump straight on TikTok to give us the tea. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. We stand. So Rachel revealed that what we see on TV isn't a true reflection. Let me play you the audio. But no, in saying that, I do not believe what you are being shown on national television is a true reflection of the Islanders themselves. The team that are working on Love Island Australia are incredible, but you are literally seeing 2.5% Excuse me, of these people. So please be kind because you don't actually know them, believe it or not. In saying that, I think they're all kind, outgoing, genuine people. But do I believe every connection in there is genuine? Honestly, iconic. Like, she wasn't even out of the villa for five seconds and she's already dropping these serious bombshells. I need to get her on this podcast ASAP. Now, a hot nerd wasn't the only label that Rachel was given whilst on the show. Fans also labelled her a pick-me-girl. However, in another spicy TikTok from Rachel after her eviction, she joked, I think it's really funny that everyone's calling me a pick-me-girl because I'm still waiting to get picked. Unfortunately, she didn't elaborate, but she said that it was a conversation for another day. Hopefully a conversation for another day on this podcast. But wait, there's more. That wasn't the only tea she spilt on TikTok. 
She also revealed that producers made her dye her hair from blonde to brown just for the show. Honestly, is like the opposite of Bryce producing this hot mess? She said, when you were blonde but get told to dye your hair brunette for a dating show, just for every guy on the show to like blondes. Oh, girl, as a brunette, I feel your pain. Now, just a little side note, it turns out that Love Island isn't the only show asking contestants to dye their hair. When I shared Rachel's TikTok video on Instagram, Tara Hurl from Farmer Wants a Wife wrote, at Haley Love, the awkward moment when all of Matt's girls were asked to dye their hair brown and no one did, so they chucked Jackie Faulkner into the midst to fuck shit up. <laughs> then our favourite Farmer Wants a Wife tea spiller, Liz Jelly, stepped into the ring and said that this had also happened on her season. Mind officially blown. Like the lengths producers are going to on this show to like create such a sham. No man on this earth is worth the amount of regrowth that I would get if I dyed my hair blonde. Oh my God, oh my God. Now back to Rachel. She also revealed that she shared a romantic date with Chris, aka Kmart Josh Moss. That wasn't aired on TV, left on the cutting room floor it was. In a since-deleted Instagram story, she wrote, Wish y'all could have seen the date we had on the day of the recoupling, brackets the day that I left. The post was accompanied by a snap of a poem Chris wrote for her. Now, prepare yourselves for some A-grade corniness. Grab the spew buckets, people. It read, To my daffodil, from the moment our eyes met, I knew my heart was set. Your smile lights up a room. I want to take you away on my nimbus broom. Your eyes are as pretty as a philosopher's stone. Every time I look into them, it reminds me of home. You're quirky, strange, and weird like me. But that's okay, because I'm Dobby and you set me free. Oh my god. Move over, Buster Rhyme. Move over, Notorious B.I.G. and Jay-Z. We have got a rap genius in the building. I don't know if that was cute or cringe or both, but I'm here for it. I'll allow it. Now, to add to the cuteness, he spelt daffodil wrong. He wrote D-A-F-I-D-I-L. Daffy Dill. And then he also spelt Philosopher's Stone wrong. He wrote Philo Puss Stone. Love that for him. So cute. What a shame Rachel and Chris never got to explore each other's chamber of secrets in the Love Island hideaway. Oh my God. Oh my God. Following on from my explosive interview on Thursday with Love Island's Ari Kumar's ex housemate, Married at First Sight star, Benjamin Blackwell. What a mouthful that was. Go back and listen to episode 115 if you haven't already. Honestly, the juiciest story ever told on this podcast, in my opinion. It is not to be missed, and I do not say that lightly. It is only second to Kiki and Renee, I swear to God. Now, after I recorded the interview, but before I'd published it, I had another person reach out to me in response to the original story we did online and on the podcast, and they backed up the claims that Ben had made on this podcast. This is before they'd even listened to that. So I literally got out of the studio with Ben, opened up my DMs and I had this message. And I was like, okay, well, this is all checking out then, isn't it? Now they said, and I preface this with a disclaimer that this is all alleged. I honestly need to get alleged tattooed on my forehead at this point. Hi, I saw the article you wrote about Ari Kumar about her being a fraud and fleeing New Zealand. It's true. And I was the one that sold her the overseas trip that she used a fraudulent FBOS card for. I had to write a police report and everything. 
I used to work at STA Travel and she came in and booked it with me. She'd just come back from Bali and said that she'd caught the Wanderlust bug and she wanted to do a Kentucky in Europe. She paid for the whole thing in full on the spot, which was weird for someone so young coming into STA. She told her other flatmate Darlene about it and I knew Darlene from working with her at my previous job and we were good friends. God, more incest. Everyone knows everyone in this world. We went out one night and Darlene told me everything. Oh my God. A witness, a first-hand witness has entered the building, guys. I then, of course, asked to see this police report. I was dying. I was so excited. And I was like, please tell me you've still got the copy of the police report. And she said, I don't. STA did have a copy, but they've now gone under. Damn it. I then asked if she knew why the charges were dropped. And she said, I think Ari told them that she would pay everything back if they dropped the charges. But then she skipped the country instead. She had to sell her car and all. Now, she then sent me the car sale listing that Ari made at the time. Let me read it out. The group was called Lower North Shore Hustlers Swap Buy Sell. Ari Kumar, 28th of March, 2019, wrote, Selling my beloved Evo Mitsubishi Lancer 2007, 134,000 kilometers, purchased in 2016, originally from Auckland, recently moved to Wellington, Serviced every six months, service invoices can be provided. AMS intake, the original air intake can be provided. Now, this is where it gets interesting, people. Sit up and pay attention. She said, MXR rotor wheels, seven months old. So that confirms everything that Ben said in the podcast about the car wheels being stolen, repossessed, fake robbery, all of that stuff. And now she's got new tires after the fake robbery that is seven months old. So this post must have been made seven months after that whole debacle that Benjamin spoke about. Oh my God. She then said, wanting $24,000 or nearest offer. Selling as I'm moving overseas. Guys, confirmation. Oh my God, this is like hitting the jackpot when it comes to receipts. So all of this corroborates what Benjamin said, even down to the model of the car, down to the wheels, down to the moving overseas, every single detail. And this person hadn't even heard the interview yet. Honestly, drama army, when it comes to receipts, you guys are second to no one. Oh my God, oh my God. Last week, it was established that Love Island's Mitch Hibbard is a serial DM pest. The revelation came after intruder Emily Ward outed him on the show for sliding into her DMs before filming. Then, following that, one woman on TikTok came forward and claimed that he had done the same thing to her, and she also said that he was very well known for being a serial DM pest in Melbourne. And then, this week, the plot thickens again as another victim of Mitch's persistent messaging came forward to So Dramatic. And guys, it is someone we all know, Big Brother's Charlotte McChrystal. Commenting underneath an article on the So Dramatic Online Instagram page at So Dramatic Media with the headline, Love Island's Mitch Hibbert exposed as a fuckboy on TikTok for messaging half of Melbourne. Charlotte wrote, at Tilly Whitfield, at Alexandra McChrystal, at Christina Potigliano. Oh my God, I ain't the only one. Laughing face emoji. 
I then took a leaf out of Mitch's book and slid into Charlotte's DMs and asked her for the tea. She said, Haha, yes, Tilly and I were laughing at all these old messages. I was so blunt back to him, but oh my God, he was persistent. I would have given up. Charlotte then took one for the team, a star so dramatic student, and submitted the messages for evidence. And I'm going to read them out right now. So Mitch goes, come hang later. She said, "Mm, maybe. He said, why not? She said, why would I? (laughs) You're so blunt and so rude. Then he said, maybe I'll see you at CQ then. She said, I'm not going. CQ sucks. Then he said, Where am I going then? She said, not sure. He wrote, well, you tell me and I'll be there. No reply. Then a few days later, he wrote, coffee Monday? She said, I can't, I'm busy. Then later that day, he said, busy? Too busy for coffee? She said, yeah, I actually am. He said, what about next week then? She said, you don't ask very nicely. Mitch said, haha, it's pretty blunt, I know. But if it's honest and straight to the point, and I think you'd like the honesty... Charlotte said, I like honesty, but it's not that hard to say please. Mitch said, yeah, that's always right, so I'll apologize. I definitely should be using my manners. No reply. Then a month later, he wrote, hey, how are you? No reply. Then a week after that, he wrote, come RCC. No reply. (laughs) Sensing a bit of a pattern here. He then wrote to her again another day. Hey, how are you? She replied, you were so blunt and so rude. Mitch said, how? I literally don't know why I would be, to be honest. Then he said, I don't mean to be blunt and rude. You never replied or anything, though. Charlotte said, what does that usually indicate? He wrote, yeah, but respect the persistence. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Points for trying. Also, Mitch, no means no. Did you not see that government milkshake video? Then he wrote a month after that, after no reply, will I be seeing you at St Kilda Festival? (laughs) Then six months went by with no reply and he wrote, cute. (laughs) Then another six months went by with no reply and he wrote again, hey, how are you? (gasps) Oh my God. So this was going on for like two years, basically. She was giving him nothing and he was still persisting. I mean, honestly. Points for trying, Mitch. Points for trying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Another interesting tidbit about Ari. One friend of hers told So Dramatic that she used to have a successful OnlyFans account and was actually quite famous on the adult content platform. However, she deleted her account entirely before going on the show because producers made her wipe it before filming. Those crack-smoking producers ruining hopes and dreams and successful careers yet again. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. On Monday, So Dramatic revealed the identity of two of the Love Island intruders who will be entering Casa Amor to stir up some trouble. One of them was Matt Zikowski's best friend, Benny. Another bomb is Sade Sub Laban. Now, we wrote a glowing bio about Sadi at SoDramaticOnline.com where we revealed that he's a Penrith Panthers player for the club's under-20s team. He also has a Bachelor of Business, Property and Sports Management, so brains plus brawn. 
And when he's not hitting the books, Sadi is also partial to a shirtless dancing video on TikTok where he's already amassed a whopping 120,000 followers. Not only that, but Sadi already appears to know some reality TV stars. Married at First Sight's Jessica Power, Big Brother's Tilly Whitfield, and Beauty and the Geek's Josie Werner. One source spilled to So Dramatic that Sadi is a super spreader in his own right in the west of Sydney. Move over, Kieran Stott. Now, after the story broke, it got a lot of attention, but not the good kind. Multiple women began resharing our So Dramatic online story and posting their experiences with Sadi on Instagram and TikTok, and not the good kind. Serious allegations about Sadi began flooding in from about 20 or more women who all seem to have had very similar encounters with him. Now, these allegations, and I do stress that they are simply allegations at this point, ranged from sexual harassment to more serious claims of abuse. Most of the allegations I unfortunately cannot read out right now, but I will read out two of the tamer ones that give you a bit of an idea about the types of claims that were being made against him. I too stress these were the tamer ones. One person said, I can't tag the because he blocked me for pulling him the fuck up earlier this year, but can confirm Sade from Love Island Australia is a bad dog, trying to force women to do shit with him, including me. He literally doesn't know what no means. Lucky I'm strong, but for someone else who isn't as strong-minded, would have fallen victim to his BS. About time he got put on show. Poor form, Love Island Australia. The second person posted a number of things about Sade, and I replied to her saying, did he do this to you as well? She replied and said, I'm not a victim of his actions. He hasn't assaulted me in any way. I just know him through mutual friends and multiple of my friends and people do have stories about him. One woman then wrote in to So Dramatic and replied to the article saying, I'm not a victim, but multiple of my friends and people do have stories about him. And I think this should be said slash podcasted. It's not okay to give someone this amount of fame and attention when he has such a bad reputation for obvious reasons. He makes people feel extremely uncomfortable and he just does things that not many women would approve of. A few of the girls on my page have responded to my video on my story, expressing the type of person he is and what he has done. I just want to make a note that I have reached out to the women involved and Channel 9 for a comment on the allegations. Warning. <coughs> oh my God. Okay, let, let's focus. That's all the Love Island tea I've got for you drama queens today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me some kind words and five stars in the review section. Leave me a text. Crack on with me. Guys, don't forget to follow our amazing Love Island playlist on Spotify. Our amazing online writer, Indy, has done God's work and curated all of the tracks that are featured on the show into one doozy playlist for you. There is a link in the show notes to follow it. You are welcome. Guys, make sure you're following us on Instagram to get all of the daily goss. That is So Dramatic Media and So Dramatic Podcast underscore. We also have our piping hot website. So much tea, so little time. This season of Love Island is honestly like finding a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. A never-ending pot of gold. My God. I will be back in your ears on Thursday with a juicy Love Island interview. Do not miss that. And I will see you all then. Goodbye, good riddance, and good luck. Ciao for now. Kind regards. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So dramatic with Megan Pacetto.